Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird Hey, woof woof. Hi, Susie. What's up today? Well, winter has returned to the Pacific Northwest. It's 37 degrees and snowing. Two days ago, it was 73 degrees here. I love spring in the Northwest. It's so much fun, and mobile grooming just makes it even that much more fun. Welcome to episode 333 of the Groom Pod, recorded on April 10th, 2022, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shop, Show Season, Evolution Shears, Groom More, and Stazco. And if you'd like to support your podcasters, that's us, Barbara and I, you can go to our website at The Groom Pod and use the donation button or join us on Patreon. This week, we're finally going to talk about Andis Clipper Maintenance, and then we're going to answer and discuss some of the stuff we've been seeing on our Facebook discussion group. So Barbara, what's new this week is brought to you by Groom More Software. If you're looking for a software solution for your shop, mobile, or house call, Groom More is it. It has online booking and online forms and intake or matted dog forms, payment processing, reminders and wait lists, inventory, routing, calendar and QuickBooks syncs, and most importantly, 24-hour service. And they've given us a great offer. You can switch over to Groom More and try it for two months at half off. Just put in the code GroomPod. Listen, I want to add uh, in my use of the Groom More one of the things that I love is the checkout on my phone or iPad, because not only can I collect the money right from that application, but it gives me the opportunity to rebook two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, da 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 And so I can automatically rebook and write while the person is still in front of me, send them a text to advise them of the appointment. So it's on their text, it's on mine, and I can go to the Groomer application later that evening or the next day. I can hit the um, messages button and I can see what appointments I made automatically that day and put them in the pencil book. It's just so convenient and so easy. I don't have to go in and look up every date and make sure that I that I get the rebook right and all of that. It's just like right in front of me, all in one page. Didn't realize I was sending messages to everybody um, at the end of the groom. When I'm out in the trailer and I'm finishing the dog up, I I do all that. I record the groom on the piece of paper and then I fill out their card for the next grooming and I do what you do. I book the next groom or I look for the next grooming uh, that's already rescheduled. And then the text comes over and they know to start writing the check or get ready for me at the door because I'm about to come through because I'm finished. It's a really cool asset. I didn't realize that was even built in, but it's very cool. People love it. Especially- yeah. Yeah, I like the, there's automatic text. You can just send an automatic that your dog, um, Woofy, is ready to be picked up. Or you can do just a custom text and say, you know, hi, we ran into some bad matting today. Woofy's price is going to be $25 more for a total of $125 today. Thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) I love that. That's really yeah, handy. You can e- either or, you know, like uh, you don't have to also go to your text 
part of your phone, you know, it's all just right there. And also the price, like you said, the previous correspondence is there. So when people come yeah. to me and say, Hey, when was that appointment? It's super easy for me to just look down the text string from the day before or the week before and pull up yeah. that name. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Groomore. So Barbara, I often brag, if you will. Yeah, it's bragging. I often brag that I've not been bit. But I really should clarify it because I haven't been bit by dogs. But I do occasionally suffer a cat bite. I got yowie. bit on my thumb. Oh, <laughs> yowie. Yeah. And I uh, have the client in there to hold the cat because he is really quite nasty. He is nasty to them in the house. He's a Persian with a really squished face. And he's just a feisty guy. And I started grooming him well after his 10th birthday. So he's crabby. He's gonna stay crabby we do the best we can but he just got me really quickly and I wasn't sure how badly I I knew it was bleeding pretty good but I'm a good bleeder so I thought maybe it'd be good opportunity to go over what to do if you get bit so what I do if I get bit especially if it's a cat is I bleed it out I really get it bleeding good so that it kind of flushes the wound and then I wash it with chlorhexidine shampoo <laughs> because that's what I have out there. So I washed it really good and then I dried it as best I could with the blood that was gushing out and I uh, antibiotic ointment covered it and then vet wrapped it to keep it dry. And doggone it, it's healing fantastically. But the thing that pissed me off is I called my doctor, my new doctor of the last two years who doesn't really know me from Adam, I guess I should say, I called her and I said, hey, I got a cat bite. It's not very serious because it really, I couldn't tell, but I didn't think it was a puncture. It didn't feel like a puncture. It just kind of scraped and enveloped my finger a little bit. And I said, my previous doctor would generally just send a prescription of antibiotics in. And if I needed them, then I would have them at home. She wanted me to go in for a visit to get my cat bite looked at that was just a scrape when I work in an industry where this is just a daily potential happening. And I thought I had kind of laid that out with my doctor that if I get a cat bite and I call and say, hey, send me some antibiotics, I got a cat bite, it wouldn't require me to then cancel $200 worth of grooming, drop the rest of my afternoon to go in and see her to get the antibiotics. So do kind of set that up with your doctor a little in advance if you can. That was like the biggest thing. It's fine. I was really quite impressed with how fast it healed. But if it had been a puncture, I would have been really annoyed to have to actually. What am I good? Drug-seeking antibiotics? I mean, I've been with her two years. I've never called and asked for anything in those two years. You would think I would have earned some credit for some antibiotics. Frustrating. I know, I know. I hate not being individualized by care professionals. You know, I don't care. It, 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 it's kind of what I don't like about my current vet is that I don't get that he remembers who I am. You know, oh, and, he certainly, so and, he, and he certainly doesn't know who I am in my industry. You know, he, he, and so he just treats me like whatever his preconceptions of groomers are he's polite but he doesn't really listen to any of my logic or you know like he just is yeah you know and you know I don't know I don't know if I'm going to be able to to hang in there even though he you know he's providing a pretty good service because I have a feeling like like I need to be a party in my health care or in the health care of my pets exactly yeah I think that what might have happened is there might have been a chain of communication breakdown because the person who called me back was not my doctor nor the usual tech that I talked to. It was a different doctor. So maybe that's what happened. But I feel like they should note that in the files. I mean, I know how veterinary medicine works and I know that there's a file and that you can put a note in the file that will pop up when you look at that record. They obviously pulled my record up. But there's no pop-up that says, hey, this person works with animals. They did mention, oh, your tetanus shot is good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's not going to help my thumb. <laughs> so is there a way to protect your thumb so that wouldn't happen? Uh, yeah. Generally, I could um, 
not trust the owner to hold the cat. But this cat is so difficult, it's kind of the only way we can get him done. And usually it's the owner that gets bit. And I've been doing the cat now for four and a half years, and this is my first time he's got me. So I'm okay with that record. I can, I'm not worried. I'm not going to punish the cat. He's miserable. This cat is miserable. He is borderline, should be knocked out for grooming, but generally Jerry can handle it and we do fine. But what he sticks, he generally sticks his hand over near the mouth, but mine doesn't get over near the mouth. (laughs) Does he wear gloves? Yes. Yeah. And we had an air muzzle on. And somehow still, the cat still got me. Uh, You know, it's one of these situations where they took the front nails. They declawed this cat. And the cat has been angry ever since. And I don't blame him because it's a, you know, it's amputating the fingers. Yeah, it's an amputation. But happy things did happen to me this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I got a new toy. I got a new Dremel. Yay. So tell us about this model Dremel. Well, I will tell you that it is massive. And that's what has always been my hesitation in getting it. It's a big 12 volt battery powered Dremel. Yeah. But it turns out to be pretty well balanced in my hand. And it has the screw off cup so I can use my little grinder magical catch the dust thing with it. So that all works really well. But the key is... It has a 33% longer runtime and a one-hour complete recharge. That's a game changer because if you do a lot of nails at one house, you can run those older, smaller batteries out just by doing it. And that Dremel doesn't make it so you can plug it in and use it like clippers, right? You're screwed out of luck if you can't charge it. But with an hour charge time... During the grooming, I could recharge that whole battery and then use it at the end of the groom if I happen to run it low. So for those things, I'm really loving it. It also is variable speed. And unlike the old one that I had, which was also the biggest one they made, it had a wheel. This one has a slide. So you can turn it on and off, but hold the general position you want to use it at. So I kind of like that. It can put it up to its middle speed. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because I always have, because the one that I'm using now, it has a button that you push and you have to, you know, like you have to hold it with your other hand and push the button down to get it to slow down a little bit for a more timid animal. And, uh, And I usually use it one step below full, you know? Yes, uh, exactly. And, and so that uh, being able to leave it there and have it be there the next time, that is a good feature. Yep. So at that and the one hour recharge and the longer run time makes it worth it being a little bit heavy. That's the only thing. It's just a little bit heavy. And I could have gone to one smaller, but I don't think it had the screw off end. So I went with the big one, but it's pretty nice. Plus, it came with a neat little box that the tools fit in. See that tiny little box, right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can put that's all, good. I can put all of my sanding bands because I don't use a diamond bit. I don't like the diamond bits, or I haven't found one that I was really impressed. Wait, with. I do. Yeah, but you don't have the little cup thing. The little the the nail cover catch the nail thing. Yeah. It just. It just doesn't work very well in there. So I think it's because the diameter is a little thinner. So when you stick the nail in, it has just a little bit too much room to move and it'll catch it and grab it and throw it back a little bit. Needless to say, I'm loving my new Dremel. I've only charged it and used it for one day, but it was really nice yesterday. So that was cool. And then one more thing and then I'm done. Oh my God, this is going to be long. Never mind. What happened to you this week? As if you really care. You want to tell me, you know what? I don't remember my week. What happened to me this week? I, you know, it was an uneventful week. Okay. Either that or it was so horrible I had to push it down. You know, like I, I finally, <laughs> I have a, all, no, I have a picture to share. Good. I, I have a picture to share. <laughs> I will send it to you. And I, I we'll decide whether or not we're going to put it on the group and share it with you all. But I finally got around to shaving my tiny Maltese. You know, little. She her little feathers were dreadlocks. Ah, yeah. <laughs> she she doesn't let me do 
anything to her except her ears and her tail. And, um, and so I have to sling her up. So I, I have a funny little picture. Of it. <laughs> and she's so tiny, her whole ass falls through the leg hole. Right. So, you know, and, but that's the only way I can clip her legs because she just screams and jerks. And, and you know, she, you're going to hurt her. She's going to. And uh, so I had to do it that way, but I got that done. So now I have, you know, I have a short Bichon who's starting to look really cute to me. And I have my little Maltese who's got chicken legs, but her ears are good. Her tail is good. And you're good for a while now. (laughs) And I'm good for a while now. Yep. We got Marco is uh, under control and he's got his lovely hair. So we're good. We're my three pets are in good shape, which makes for my mental health to be a little stronger. Because when I look at my pets and they're just like all messed up, that does something to my self-image, not just as a groomer, but as a good pet mom, you know? Okay, I'll share the last okay. thing. It's my Havanese where the lady passed away recently and uh, the, the dog yeah. that ran away from yeah, the house I, I placed it at. So, okay. Right. So he's moved into an assisted living kind of senior housing place and he is the bell of the ball down there, right? <laughs> so he's the hit with all the ladies and one of the ladies, actually two of the ladies have dogs that are going to get married there. And they want Lily to be the flower girl. So... I'm going to, she's got a really pretty uh, rose and white kind of a cute little outfit to wear. And I'm going to do a nice fancy bow. I'm going to groom her a couple days before. And then I thought maybe I would do some pink color in her ears and her tail. And then he asked me if I would groom the bride. And I said, no, because I'm not taking any new people and I don't even want to get my hands on another dog or I'll end up taking them forever and I'm going to screw myself out of yet one more day off. So I said no, but then I realized, what if my flower girl outshines the bride? Yeah. I know. Yeah, you know, like uh, those wedding things, those big event grooms, they don't always materialize into a steady demand. True, but I don't want to sneak another dog in. I don't have the time to sneak another dog in. Oh, it's a bride, and you're doing the flower girl. I did the bride uh, of a big wedding that was at a, a Bichon Bash in Tennessee on four acres, and it was like 50 dogs. Holy cow. It, it was a lot of dogs. And I had agreed to do the bride, and the woman the, who owns the place, she rescued and replaced, and she rescued Bichons and stuff. And so she had a grooming set up down in the basement. And I got down there with the bride, and she was totally mad. At, oh, no. Oh, God. I think it, it took me like three hours or something. You know, like they were all partying up there, and they were all <laughs> <laughs> you know, they come down and bring me a beer or something, you know, like, but I'm just like, picking uh. away, you know, and, and then when I brought the, uh, the dog up, the owner didn't recognize her. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's didn't funny. reckon it was a combination of party and doggy transformation, you know, like, <laughs> yep. She, <laughs> She thought it was a joke. She thought that I brought somebody else's dog and I was going to try to pass it off on her. Oh, that's funny. She really did. It was so funny. (laughs) Last time I was at the house grooming that dog, one of my other local friends, Mobiles, was also grooming a dog in the building. And I don't want him offering me up if that's already Alexis's dog. I just don't want to go there. There's other mobile groomers that go to that building. So I don't know that it was the bride's idea. I mean, well, the mom of the bride. Yeah, the mob, the MOB, the mother of the bride. <laughs> I think it was probably um, John's idea that I do the bride. So I'm feeling like the bride will probably have her own appointment with her own mobile. Fingers crossed. Anyway, hey, let's take a break and come back with a little clipper talk. 
And I mean okay. a little clipper talk. It's not a ton of clipper talk. I won't bore you with that because we have way more fun stuff coming up later. So take a break and we'll be right back. Room pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shots Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the max. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. What makes a good clipper? I'll tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> that was a good start up, and then you just froze. <laughs> well, I see a lot on Facebook, a lot of people complaining about the Andis Clippers. And the thing that I love about Andis Clippers, and it has always been true, every single part in that clipper is replaceable by me like I can do it myself I don't have to send the clipper out I can take it apart and it's pretty easy to see what needs to be fixed and even though there are parts that don't wear as well as others like for instance the switches or the cords those are two parts that shouldn't wear out but do in the Andis clippers and frustrate people they're super easy to fix and I think that the complaints about the Andis, especially the Andis XL 5-speed clipper, which is super light and fits in your hand really well and is nice and beefy, I think the claims are unwarranted. So what makes a good clipper for me is it needs to be light, it needs to fit in your hand, it needs to not have switches in weird spots, and it needs to be repairable and maintainable by the operator of the clipper. So basic, simple, easy operation. So what are the things that you should have on hand so that your clippers run right, run correctly, run well? First of all, it's clipper drives. With the Andes clippers, the clipper drives should be changed pretty doggone regularly. If you're grooming a regular amount of dogs, I would say change that clipper drive maybe monthly. If you're not grooming... So, yes? So the clipper drive is the thing that goes back and forth and moves the the blade right right and it's like made of plastic and it looks yeah. kind of like a funny u-shaped thing and it attaches with two screws and you push it down on two posts so it's very user-friendly now they make the access for the clipper drive very simple too you just pop the top of the clipper off that little piece comes right off so you don't have to actually unscrew your whole body of your clipper like you used to do with the old ones either way though it's a five dollar or less piece maybe less i don't know because i buy them by the bunch i usually have maybe 10 or 12 clipper drives just laying around in my emergency parts box because occasionally how often every how 30 often? days if you're grooming a lot now for me i'm more like every 60 days what I look for is all you of You know what? I've had an Andis clipper for like 12 years and I've never changed the blade drive. And I bet it would clip much better if you did. Because that's the actual force of what moves the blade, the cutting blade, back and forth on the back of your actual blade. And if that thing is weak, it can't shove that blade back and forth well or even as fast as it's supposed to. So if you notice your 
blades are not clipping as well or you're dragging through the hair or it's just grabbing hair, I always look to my clipper drive first. And what I do is I take it out, take those screws off, pop it off. And if you can wiggle it back and forth, I'm wiggling it. You guys can't see it because this is an audio podcast, but I can't talk without my hands. So if you can wiggle it back and forth, take one, an old one and a new one, wiggle the old one, then wiggle a new one. And you'll be shocked at how quickly they break down. And if they're broken down, you're going to get tracking when you're clipping, especially with a clipper vac. It's just not going to work as well. And um, the other so thing. So where do I buy one? Everywhere. You get them on Amazon. You can go to Chewy. You can get them from my favorite Cascade Grooming Supply or wherever you choose to get your stuff. Every single person that sells Andis clippers should carry A, blade drives, and B, hinges. Because the hinge is what keeps your blade in the proper position so that the blade drive can do its job and push the cutter blade back and forth. So if your hinge is bad, you're going to once again get clippers that are noisy. You're going to get dragging with your blades. And you're going to not just have one blade drag. All of your blades are going to drag. So if you think maybe you need to sharpen your blades, but all of your blades are doing it, it's definitely going to be clipper maintenance rather than your blade maintenance. So the clipper hinge, if you can put your fingernail underneath the edge of the hinge and, and wiggle it at all, you need to replace that hinge. The, and if the hinge snaps shut on you, just take a flat-bladed screwdriver, push in the release, and pop that hinge back up. But you should have a difficult time getting that screwdriver underneath the hinge. And if you don't, and you can get that screwdriver under there really easily, that hinge has to go. Two screws, Phillips head screwdriver, simple to change out. So I have a pile of hinges and a pile of blade drives, all both of which you can get anywhere that sells these clippers. Super easy. The, the hinges, I would say anywhere from two to three months, you should replace them. But really, it's just when you can wiggle them. If you can wiggle it, I know. Barbara's probably never replaced her hinge. <laughs> I haven't. That's a testament. I haven't. Uh, although, you know, I have replaced the blade drive on my... In fact, I just replaced the blade drive on my Hanvey um, clipper, that clipper. Right. And, uh, you know, but I, but on my Andis, see, I, I've been using Andis forever, but I haven't used any new models since 2012, which I think was when the Andis booth gave me this, you know, I got a really pretty purple and black Andis that I, I love, but I don't use it a whole lot. Right. And for me, that's what's on my clipper vac. So it's my yeah. everyday workhorse. I have two of them. So some other things that can go wrong on your clippers. The switch, I mentioned it before. The switch is a bad design on these, on all of them. That There's not a really great spot to put a switch. It either bumps your hand or it's in an awkward spot or you've got to, like Barbara said, with the Dremel, hold it in one hand and push it with the other hand. But they do wear out and they're just a little rubber button. And it's like pennies to get a new little rubber button. Oftentimes, that's all it is. Sometimes it's the entire switch. Even the entire switch, you open up the clippers in half, and you just pull the old one out, seat a new one in, close it back up, and voila, it's done. Nothing really voila. complicated. Yeah. But oftentimes, if the clipper switch breaks, your clippers don't work. You throw them aside. You get a different pair. These are really easy, maintained pieces of equipment. They make them so that we can maintain them. You should not have I'm gonna to overhaul mine. Good. You shouldn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do an overhaul. You've inspired me. Excellent. You should not. What about the cord? I haven't, I mean, I've got one of those um, monkey cords that pull the hair on your arms. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> you think you've clipper burned yourself or something because the, your hair gets caught in between the coils of this cord protector right and it man it pulls it exfoliates for sure yeah <laughs> does your cord still get coiled up or does it keep it from getting coiled up 
I don't coil my cords. So some Excuse people me. twist their clippers the same direction every single time they pick them up, and then the cord starts to spiral. Yeah, it helps to prevent that. Because that is one way that will pull the wires out of the plug end of your clippers. Yeah. Right? So every yeah. night, or for me, between every dog, I make sure that my clippers are not twisting up when I'm using them. But my clippers are always attached to a clipper vac hose, and it would be much more difficult for me to twist them. That's just my situation. But I always check it if I'm not clipping with the suction. So... That cord is two screws and you seed it in there when the cord goes bad. But there's a flaw in the Andis clippers in that that cord works back and forth at the where it meets the clipper body and it breaks and it's really common. And I have a fix for that that I cannot very well explain without a video. And I do have a video of it. I'm just going to have to find it. But what you do is you weave a cable tie. That's those little plastic clipper zipper ties that you hold wires together with, you weave it through that little wire hook and it supports the cord. And I have not replaced a cord since. And I know that if you're curious, you can Google it and it will pop up those videos because a lot of the clip sharpener people have put that video out there. That's probably where I picked it up, but I haven't had to replace a cord since I made that modification. And if you could just fix that little area, <laughs> it would be uh, very helpful to all of us, but that's it. Now I will say this. If your motor goes out, the, the Andis five speed is a brushless motor. And the brushes are so expensive for these motors now that for the most part, they just recommend you replace the motor. Now, replacing a motor is going to be 70, 75 bucks for that motor, but it's not $300 for new clippers. And once again, it's a matter of unplugging a few things, laying it in there, plugging it back in and closing it up. It's so simple to do. Everybody can do these basic maintenance chores with your clippers. And that's why I believe so wholeheartedly in the Andis product is they make it so that we can repair it ourselves. I've had Wall, Labe, and Andis, and some other weird odd brands. But out of those three, I definitely choose Andis because of the ease of maintenance. Oster. Yeah, I've never had Oster. You probably started with them, right? Oh, I did. I started with Oster clippers that had each size blade had a clipper head that kind of screwed on the clipper and you so you had to have heads and blades yeah i remember everything and they got hot and they vibrated oh i had to you had to cover them with a leather find a leather sleeve or invent something they got really hot and and i pitched a freaking fit when i excuse me bell i'm pitching the fit not you <laughs> She's become so bossy. I know. <laughs> and you know what? I gave her a haircut. Susie, I feel so guilty. I should have said this in what's new. I gave Belle a haircut and I she had become quite the dreadlock queen. And uh, I knew it wasn't fair and it was starting to heat up. And so I had to clip her down with a, like a five blade. And uh she came back to life. He rejuvenated her. <laughs> I, <laughs> it was like she went on B12 shots or something. You know? So I, and I, so now I realize, damn it, she was depressed for her mad and heavy winter coat. And I was thinking, I was saving her the experience of grooming, which she now hates. Yeah. And actually, she was just like, grin and bear it then go to sleep again kind of thing <laughs> now now she pays more attention to where i am she's wanting to jump into my lap she's talking to me she's got it she's got her eyes focused on me she's whining she's going to bark at us any her mouth is going <laughs> it can, she tells me about she runs the household she tells me when there's no dog water down she tells me when there's no cat water down she tells me when it's 3 30 and she would just as soon have an early dinner <laughs> and she tells me when it's 8 30 a.m and i haven't fed the dogs yet and she also reminds me sometimes on sundays we do double treats ah. where's my second treat she supervises. <laughs> She's busy. You have to give her a raise. And and she never said a word 
until she was like 15 years old. <laughs> I mean, she was just nice and quiet and I could count on her not to bark unnecessarily. unlike these, you know, <laughs> and now, now I can hardly even write on my computer. I have to turn on some music or something and blot out her. Hey, I got a great idea. Let's what? do some Ask Barbara questions that kind of come off of our Facebook group. What do you say to that? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, well, let me take a break here first, and then we'll be right back. We love our sponsors, like Show Season. Let me tell you about my favorite Show Season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic, scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the hypo conditioner and you have a winning, smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush-outs, too. Show Season carries Barbara's essential oil blends and mellow pet shampoo, blueberry products, delicious colognes, hemp products, a feline line, spa and natural options, and so much more. You can find Show Season animal products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. Rumors, take your seats. School is about to begin. We have had a very, very active Facebook discussion group this week. It's been really fun to look at everybody's interactions, and we've got quite a few questions on it. So, Barbara, I'm going to share my screen with you so we can see them together. And let's okay. start out with our first question. Here it comes. Let me know when you can see it. I can see it. Okay. This question is from Tabitha Brass. She's asking about a particular dog that comes in smelling very strongly of essential oils. And the dog has started to have seizures. And she is wondering if there's any chance that the seizures on this dog could be possibly caused by the essential oils. What do you think about that? Well, I first of all, I think that no dog and she said there's more than one dog there's a, a, apparently a pair so oh right she sorry says, yes she says um that the dogs come in smelling so strong of the essential oils that she can hardly stand it now no dog should smell of the essential oils essential oils really should not be applied direct to dogs. I'm, I'm sorry if someone told you otherwise, or if they say because it's our our brand, it's not going to have an adverse reaction. Dogs cannot assimilate that much essential oils all at one time. They should not be walking diffusers of essential oils. They definitely can have health problems. So I feel concerned for these dogs and the essential oils at this degree and level could be a factor in seizures. I'm not going to say that all by themselves they'll cause a seizure cause a seizure disorder, but it could happen and they could definitely be an accelerating factor, a factor that plays into the development uh of a seizure thing. I bet somehow they're uh representative for one of the essential oil companies, or at least they've gotten into that whole area. Oh, I just think they drank the Kool-Aid yep. yeah, of some essential oil company that's advocating for direct application, which is just like, it's just not a good idea, people. I don't know how to deal with it. How do you have that conversation with the owner? You know, you're going to have to be really gentle and thoughtful about the way you approach this with them. I would think, because you don't want to just flat out say, "Hey, I think you're killing off your pets." But yeah, no, I would. I, I don't know. You know, like this is a huge customer relationship challenge. But I would, I, uh, I would engage her in conversation about her essential oils. Like, what is she using, and what brand, 
and and I would I would ask her if she's putting them on directly. She can quote her own background and say she's been taught um, by professionals and by aromatherapists that you should only use essential oils one to two percent diluted in a carrier oil uh, directly on animals. People too, though, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there are some exceptions. It's not like 100% never, ever, you know, but they shouldn't just stink of essential oils. I know. That makes me totally suspicious. And the fact that she's changed vets. Yeah, I'm reading this part of the thing she says uh, uh, about talking to her. I don't know if I should. She keeps changing vets, and I wonder if one of them has said something made her mad so she went to another well yeah that's a that's very perceptive of uh tabitha yeah I to, agree. yeah very very bright of you and that's why i would you know you don't have to do this all at once you can just express a curiosity about her essential oil and you can build up to giving your opinion but get her to talk about her essential oils and where she's coming from and, you know, how she's using them in her life. And you know what I'm saying? You know, so that if you become a listener before you are a lecturer, (laughs) that's a great statement. Yeah. If you become a listener before you are a lecturer, your lecture is going to tend to go over a little better. I also like to share, especially if I can. I mean, obviously, if you haven't taken these classes, you can't. But I share that I've taken some continuing education surrounding essential oils. And I let them know that, you know, I've had several classes in it. In the pet industry, it's not recommended to use them directly on the dogs. And just, you know, so you have a little backup to the reason you're inquiring. But I agree with you, Barbara. Open the discussion, get a dialogue going, because you might be saving these pets' lives. The, the, uh, the liver and kidneys, they don't assimilate the stuff. It stores in there, and it adds up and builds up. And that's why you might not see it in the Well, that's, that's particularly true of cats. And birds. And birds. They just don't have the liver enzymes that break it down. You know, like everything you put in your body, there's a way that it gets metabolized or broken down and utilized by the body. And if it's not metabolized, it gets sent to the liver and it's stored and it kind of builds up there. Some things are partially metabolized. Some things are fully metabolized, metabolized quickly, metabolized slowly. You know, it, it all varies. But she said she just brought me her new puppy and she had bathed her in oils. Ugh. What the heck is that? That sounds like so dangerous. It, it sounds like the owner is either being totally misled or she's just making up shit as she goes and thinking that she that it's okay to do that. Yeah. It's a rough deal. Well, you know what, Tabitha, let us know what happens with these guys if something does. If you decide to tackle the question, I'd love to hear what happens. Yeah, you can you can quote me. You can say your oil guru says, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Chris Bear Anthony here. You may know I've been swiveling for years now with my beloved evolution shears, but I wasn't actually born with a pair of swivel shears in my hands. Check out our website and Facebook page for our library of how-to videos or give me a shout for a personalized guide. Your hands will thank you. Don't forget, GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. What are you waiting for? Give them a try today. Let's go on to another question. Okay. I've got to find it here. Hang on. Oh, I just saw the word follicles and I just got all excited. Ah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This one is from Julie Freeman. And she said, this may be a very dumb question. I'm going to start out by saying here we don't have dumb questions. They're not dumb. I just want to say no question is dumb. That's how you learn. If you don't ask questions, it's harder to gain the information you need to progress. So 
I have been grooming for a while, and I've always bathed the dog until the hair was squeaky clean. Now that I have learned about the importance of conditioners and keeping the sebum replenished and healthy, I'm wondering if I'm over-cleaning and stripping the dog's oils. Should the hair be squeaky? And I say, no! And I'd lament that. <laughs> yeah. But I get no, it. <laughs> I, I think, you know, and I was taught that in the uh, 70s and 80s when I learned to groom, there weren't conditioners. There weren't even separate conditioners until uh, Fresh and Clean came out. And in those days, even for people here, you wanted to get squeaky clean. And today hair scientists and hair experts tell us that when the hair squeaks, it means it has no, uh, it's it's dried out. Basically. No protective layer has, left out there. Yeah, no, no protector, it, that, that it's pretty stripped. And, you know, some of our surfactants, if in the right proportion and everything, really can strip the coat. And in some cases, you want a certain amount of stripping, such as when you're trying to remove buildup, uh, you want to get it pretty clean. And you would want to use a shampoo that doesn't have conditioner in it. But to clean and scrub and rub-a-dub-dub until the hair comes to a squeak is really overdoing it. You're right, Julie. You have a reason to suspect yourself. And I acknowledge your evolution. You know, like, so the hair should not be squeaky. But speaking of evolutions and uh, the way things develop, there's such a wide variety of conditioners available now from really heavy-duty conditioners to super light conditioners, just like the ones you can spray on after the bath. It's just important to use some kind of a conditioner, but there's quite a variety out there to choose from. I rebelled against the idea of every dog had to have conditioning, but it turns out that with the newer conditioners, it doesn't add drying time. The drying time getting added to the mobile grooming was what was killing me with conditioners, but it doesn't happen anymore. I can use a spray-on conditioner. I can use a Best Shot product that has a lovely silicone in it. I can use any number of stuff. So I'm not afraid of using the conditioners like I used to be. All right, another one? Okay, is there another one? There is another one, and it is... Oh, the Yorkie. Yes, it's from Christy. Chodio, because I like to say your last name. <laughs> I like to add a few extra syllables sometimes. Chodio do. <laughs> Sorry. Chiodo. Yeah, Chiodo. I groom an older 13.5 year old toothless Yorkie. How common is that? Ugh. Since his tooth extractions, his coat around his mouth is a mess. It's always full of dirt. And what may be food mixed with saliva. It becomes hardened and severely matted. Any recommendations on how to groom this area to help reduce this issue? Any product recommendations for removing removing the hardened mess? And uh, his owners are older and they have good intentions, but it's difficult for them to maintain. And of course, they like to have a fluffy face because don't they all? So what do you think? Well, what we often do with these older dogs that get like that is to give them a clean shaved muzzle but or at least clean the bottom chin and it's very hard to get some older people who are kind of committed to a look to move to a point of being committed to the dog's comfort and uh, they don't realize that that kind of yucky chin can carry bacteria and result in infections, localized infections around the mouth. It, it's really not a good idea to let that happen. If you want to use, you know, in order to get rid of it, either cut it out. That's what I have to do with, with little, my Maltese, is to uh, kind of snip out the little clumps. And then I try to make the best of what's left. Um, and I know that that's going to be kind of challenging for you to, to get across to the owners. But you have to, you, you do need to emphasize that 13 and a half years old without teeth that don't have a way to 
keep that saliva in their mouth. <laughs> Not you know, to mention, so, yeah, the bones will start to deteriorate and the jaw will recess a little bit and it's just going to get all grosser and drippier as the dog ages. And those Yorkies, they can live for freaking ever. So you might be dealing with this for a while. I do think it's all about the conversation with the owner and making them understand that at a certain point in time, you have to go to a comfort cut, which is whatever you need to do that is comfortable for the dog that can make it so that the dog doesn't have to come in more often or doesn't have to be wrestled with or doesn't have to be manipulated at home. But if they do want to wash at home, I personally like the South Park foaming pet wash, the coconut blueberry one that yeah, and cells. That one is a really good because you don't have to get it out, but it softens everything up. And then one of the smaller face combs or something like that to get the goobers out. If you can get them to do that or even when they come in. I mean, I would definitely start with that. Start softening it up right away. Yeah. And, and when you have, if you're really going to try to just like comb it out and leave it long. The condi a conditioner, a nice thicker conditioner will go a long way to helping you pick apart those uh, mouth boogies. <laughs> yes. And the upper lip line. Trim the lip line. Yeah. yeah. If you can, sometimes you can clean the lip line and leave overhanging. Right. Overhang. And, uh, you know, you can try that first. No, it's such a hassle. The the older guys, you have to have the conversation. The haircut's going to change the way it is. <sighs> but how cool is it that they get their dog to be older, you know? So many people lose their dogs when they're younger. This is great. You celebrate the age with a special haircut, <laughs> right? That's right. Yep. I know. Well, and of course they want to shag your cut. But sometimes it just reaches a point where... Uh, you have to raise the price enough that they'll not want to do that anymore. <laughs> no, I, I just dragged that off the top of my head. Um, yeah, well, I, lost, I lost my train of thought. It just choo-chooed on away. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's like that. Well, and, you know, we've been chatting for, gosh, Barbara and I have a pre-show meeting every time before we start recording. And we have been at it for quite a lot longer than has been on the recording. So <laughs> I understand why you would be... Out of words, Barbara. Barbara Bird is out of words. <laughs> okay, well, I'll let you go then. And we'll uh, let these people all get on with their grooming days. And I will do the same because I have a Havanese and a PBGV mix or whatever. Eight million miles away out of my area because it's my insurance lady. So I've, I should get to that. But that's it. Anything else? Any wide, wise words of wisdom you'd like to pass along to our wonderful members? Don't get your expectations up too high. No, here's, I am going to say something, uh, a little mental health mantra. Okay. Do you all remember the Eagles saying, don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy? That's my words for today. And wise ones they are. All right, guys. Happy grooming, everyone. We'll see you next week here on The Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Bye now. Take care of yourselves. We love you. 